0: Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your two-time PACE award-winning hosts, Chris Gouts
1: and Greg Straub.
2: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris
1: Gouts. Chris, how are you today, man? I'm doing well. It's March Madness. It is March Madness. How's your bracket I'm, holding yeah, up? It's not doing well, but I'm also not streaming games. I just want to make sure that's clear. We all got that directive from DTMB. That's that's a very good point, but Chris. We enjoy the games. We just can't watch them.
2: You are a rule follower, so we appreciate you saying that. Yes. Yes. De- Deputy Director Marlon um, was actually out last week and visiting some field offices. He uh, he had a chance to go out to Livingston Parole and talk with staff about you know some of the things coming down in FOA and what's what's changing, and um, got a chance to talk to staff about what they thought we could do better. And then he traveled to Detroit. He went to the biggest parole offices of Mi- office in of Michigan. You know which one that is, right, Chris? Uh, is that Lawton? That is Lawton. Yes, he had to speak with um, a lot of supervisors, like about half the supervisors in, in the metro area, about some changes we're doing in the way we're going to m- kind of mentor and coach our, our agents to to be, um, I guess, to continue to be one of the best probation and parole agencies in, in, in the nation at this point, right? I mean, our recidivism rates are, are the lowest they've ever been. Our, our violent crimes and communities are low, and... Um, so we're going to do some new things and, and creative things to try to um, coach and mentor our agents better. So we had a chance to talk with the, the supervisors over there about um, some things that are going to be, be happening next month. So uh, Deputy Director Marlon has been out. Uh, you know, he loves to get out, Chris. He always says, for, you know, for sitting in the office in Grand in, in Grandview Plaza, he has no idea what staff need. Um, so he enjoys getting out and actually talking with staff so that he can come back here and create policies and, and talk to the director about things that they need and uh, make FOA a, continue to make FOA a great place to work. That's a plug for FOA, Chris.
1: Oh, very good. I, I was bummed I couldn't make it. I know I was going to try to make it out with you guys for that trip and uh, wasn't able to do it, but I look forward to uh, making the next one very soon. Yes, and I, I know you have some some, uh, some primetime NBC news, don't you? Yeah, which also relates to, to FOA. So hopefully you've seen uh, on Twitter, but we've been promoting the fact that uh, DRC agent Gary Edwards his son is a contestant on NBC's The Voice the uh, singing uh, competition so uh, I've been watching that show for years and uh, it's nice to actually have somebody to, to root for that that's connected with work so we've been promoting that uh, online and on Twitter okay. uh, The Voice is very interactive and so with, with social media we're not at the point yet where people can vote. Uh, it's still kind of internal. Uh, the, the judges are, are going to be picking. So, But but he was on a week or so ago uh, in the blind auditions, and he sang What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, did amazing. He got uh, country singer Blake Shelton and uh, Adam Levine from Maroon 5 to turn their chairs. Oh. Very, uh, very impressive. I, I did, I, you know the show better than I do because I, I don't watch it, but
2: I've, I've heard you talk about it. Because you nonstop talk about the show, isn't? Uh, I mean, those are two big, big hitters, right? Doesn't Blake usually win the the whole thing?
1: Blake's won a couple of times, yeah. yeah. Adams won, I think, three times out of the fourteen years or so. So you got the
2: two best people to, to, to get to turn the chair. Yeah, absolutely,
1: He's, he, he caught he caught their ear, and so he, he, they listened. They heard his voice, and they turned around, and they were very pleased with what they saw. And then uh, then they fought over him. So that's got to be pretty yeah. cool to have two uh, Grammy winners, uh, multiple Grammy winners, fighting over you to be on your team. That's pretty cool. That is your that is your. Uh, dream that's my dream yeah
2: well that is awesome stuff man and uh so we have some talented
1: people in this department and we have some some talented members of people in this department so yeah so the so the battle rounds are going to be starting uh this week as we're listening we may have, he may have already been on tv we never know when exactly he's going to show up until we get to the live rounds we, we won't know exactly when his segment's going to air because this was taped a while ago so keep you know you just have to keep watching uh, monday and tuesday nights uh, at eight o'clock And we'll have to see, and then we'll also keep you informed on social media as he progresses through. And it wouldn't be cool if uh, once this whole show ends, uh, and and hopefully he wins, but even if he doesn't, it'd be pretty cool to have uh, have Gary and his son, Gary Edwards II, uh, on the podcast. I think it'd be pretty cool, our first ever uh, voice uh, members uh, to be on the show. Yeah, I mean, quasi-celebrity, right? Yeah, absolutely. He He is a big celebrity now. He's got a big social media following, and everybody, he's on national TV. People love him, so for good reason. Good stuff, good stuff. So before we get to our
2: our shout out this week Chris I know you want to talk to everybody out there to try to persuade them to send in more shout outs and, and intros right
1: yeah absolutely uh, so we have you noticed we didn't have an introduction uh, for this week's episode I don't know if we even had one for last week I don't week. think we did we're, huh? we're falling on, we're falling down on the. you we guys are, are falling are down f- on the job we're we are be, failing we need, people we are <laughs> failing Yes. Yeah. We are failing you and you are failing us by not sending <laughs> us uh, these openings. We, we'd love to hear what you're doing. We'd love to hear what's going on out there. You know, there's another podcast that I listen to, and last week uh, on their podcast, on their opening, a woman who listens to their podcast opened the show by proposing to her boyfriend Ooh. on the podcast, and then in the next episode when it came out, he then responded to the opening and told everybody that he, in fact, said yes. Said so yes. So that's I'm good. not saying you have to propose. Uh, um, you know, but if, if you, you want to, to that'd be cool. But if, if you want to, that's yeah. awesome. We're, we're here for you but anything short of that we would be happy to take even if you're just sitting in your office or on your way to your facility and you want to tell us what's going on we'd love to hear from you to do that to do a shout out and also give us story ideas uh, for the podcast because as you hear in just a few minutes we got this week's episode because an officer at the thumb correctional facility just had an idea send send uh, sent you an email and said hey wouldn't it be cool if we did a topic about how officers need to be more involved uh, in in the in correcting behavior and, yeah. and being more involved in doing programming, we said absolutely that's a great idea. The director loved the idea, and in a few minutes you're going to hear all about that. So yes, please send us your shout-outs. Yeah,
2: ideas are awesome, and and, and I think uh, I mean everybody out there who listens to this and who is on involved in everything that we do. I mean you guys know what's happening out there, so send in your ideas, and, and we're more than more than glad to um, to get you on or, or your coworkers on and, and talk about all the great stuff happening across the department because there is a lot of great stuff happening. So. Yeah, and it, you know what, Chris? The, the department just hired how many new wardens? Quite a few, right? I mean, I, 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 I put you on the spot there. A number, but yeah,
1: more than more than six. Well, you know, how about, we, we, how about a whole bunch pro- in the newsletter this week?
2: How about we promote some of those new wardens? You, you guys get on your uh, you know get on your iPhones and, and tell us what you're doing out there. What's what's happening to, at your new facility? and uh, how your new job's going, and we'll let everybody know how it's going out
1: there. Yeah, some of them are really cool stories that we haven't seen in the newsletter this this month. Uh, we have the bios and a little picture of each of the wardens, but yeah, we'd love to delve into it more. I did not realize that Shane Jackson, a uh, warden up in the Muskegon area now, a full-time warden, was the quarterback, pitcher, and catcher at Eastern Michigan University back in the day. Wow. So I think we probably need to have Quite him on hopefully. at some point and talk about uh, his days uh, being the quarterback. So That is impressive. Yeah, I'm assuming he probably was a little bit higher up than, than uh, Noah Nagy was uh, when he was at Grand Valley. Plus it's a D1 school. Third string is not uh, very yeah, high yeah. up. You know, so. I'm guessing Shane was a little bit higher than that.
2: Yeah, I would guess. I'll but guess we, we need to have then. him
1: on. We can learn all about that. I
2: like it. So let's get to this week's shout-out. And this week's shout-out comes from one of the, one of our favorite friends of the pod, and that's uh, ARU Lieutenant Charles Levins. He gives a, a shout-out to EMC Supervisor Diane Caswell and one of his uh, investigators, Chad Johnson. So he says uh, earlier this year, Diane uh, at the EMC received a call from a family member of one of our offenders who lives out west who, who said that uh, he was a sex offender, and he removed his GPS earlier that day. So she passed that information on to him um, and one of his investigators by the name of Chad Johnson, and uh, Chad did some digging, and this it, is actually a, a really amazing story how he got all this information so fast, Chris. And it just kind of speaks to um, how good ARU is, our absconder recovery unit. So he says that the offender, he found that the offender was currently in Indiana with a rental van waiting for a Western Union money deposit to drive out west um, somewhere. So he immediately passed information on, and uh, Chad Johnson started looking into this, and he utilized his resources to determine the rental car description plate. I have no idea how he did that. That's amazing. Um, but Chad also learned from a family member that the absconder made a statement that he would not surrender. It would not be taken alive. So it just speaks to uh, how dangerous, you know, some of these jobs that. Uh these guys do and women do so throughout the evening and into the next day chad was able to track the vehicle down he coordinated with multiple agencies to set up a traffic stop as the vehicle continued to, to trek westward as the absconder motored through kansas chad was able to finally set up a, a successful tra- traffic stop the absconder was taken into custody without any further incident and is currently waiting extradition back to michigan lieutenant 11 says without the excellent intel from diane caswell that she was able to pass on to chad johnson this arrest would not have taken place that quickly From the time that Diane passed the information on to Chad, uh, he was able to effect the arrest in less than 24 hours, Chris. That is some amazing stuff. Lieutenant Levins wants to send a shout-out to uh, Supervisor Diane Caswell and ARU Investigator Chad Johnson. You guys did some amazing work. We appreciate that work, and we appreciate you and what you do for the department. So, Chris, you kind of teased who we have on today. So let's let's find out who it is and get, get to our interview. All right, Chris. Well, you know it's exciting today. We actually uh, we have a corrections officer on today to talk with us about some of the stuff going on inside CFA facilities, and I'm actually very excited to talk to him. You know, he does a lot at the facility he's at, and I'll let him explain what that, what that, uh, what all he does. But. Um, I'd like to welcome General Horton to Field Days. Thanks, Gennaro, for coming out. We appreciate it, man.
0: Glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
2: So let's talk about you right now. Let's talk about how long you've been here, what you do, what facility you work at, and let's just talk about you right now.
0: Okay. Well, once again, um, Officer General Horton. Uh, I currently work at the Thumb Correctional Facility. Uh, I'm an officer there as well as a re-entry group facilitator, uh, Thinking for Change. I've uh, been with the department four years at that particular facility. I've been there two years. Uh, and it's going on my fourth year with the department uh,
2: this year. Okay. Um, well, again, thanks for coming out. We appreciate you you doing this. So you know, sometimes it's not fun to be here uh, talking to Chris Scouts. I understand that. <laughs> I apologize right now. But That's okay. um, you said you're at for T4C facilitator, which is Thinking for a Change. Yes. Uh, for those, I'm sure a lot of our staff know exactly what that is. But for those who don't, explain what t for c is. Uh,
0: t for c or uh, Thinking for Change, is a uh, group that we hold for those who are at the point of being parole, For some guys, it's a condition of parole. So a lot of times the parole board may say, well, we'll give you, grant you a parole, um, and, but the condition is you have to complete successfully this, this particular class. Um, and, and this is where they come to, to me, where I facilitate what is called thinking for change. Um, and the program itself is designed to get inmates to Transform their mind and begin to start thinking more positive. uh, Where we teach them um, communication skills, we teach them social skills, uh, cognitive skills, and problem solving skills. And it's designed to give them some tools and options as opposed to just feeling as though violence is the only answer or violence is the only way to get results or get things resolved. Uh, And it's just a more positive way, it's more intrinsic. Uh, it's more an internal uh, control factor that we're trying to instill in, into the uh, minds of the inmates. It's, instead of being more reactive, we're trying to now begin to be more
2: proactive in our approach. Oh, I like that. I like that, Chris. So T4C sounds like it's a cognitive behavioral kind of treatment, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Okay. Excellent. H- having done this for so long and have, you know, having um, g- facilitated these groups, how do you feel that uh, the programming, I mean, we, we can talk for, about T4C, but I, I guess programming in general, okay. how do you feel that some of the stuff that we're doing inside has an impact on, offender, on on offender success.
0: Well, it has an impact on offender success because what it does is it, it causes them to once again reconsider some of their actions, some of their ways, um, as opposed to where it has been negative in the past. Uh, we're now trying to transition their mindset to focus more on positive uh, reactions and positive uh, outcomes. And uh, what it does for us as a facility, it just causes us to, for one, it creates a more positive environment. It builds a better rapport between inmate and officer. And I think it kind of helps them to have confidence even when they go out into the community. Because when you think about it, you know, they're confined from the community, being in, in, in the facility. And the only contact they have with the community is us as officers. We only officers while we there, but when we leave there, we're part of the community. Right. So we're the community coming into these guys, and I just think that you know the only community contact they're going to have until they be released is us, and so I think that our our contact with them. Uh, and our impact with them, our, whatever we do from a positive aspect, whatever we instill in them from a positive aspect, I think that it'll help give them a more positive mindset and prepares them for when they go back out into community, they can have confidence that the community really believes that they've changed. When we believe that they can change, they'll have confidence that the community will believe that they are
1: changing and be more receptive to them. How do you make that happen and what does that look like? I'm sure you know daily interactions uh, have probably changed over the years from from the way it was done, you know, 20, 30 years ago or longer when they were, when people were called guards. Yeah, just yeah. when they were called guards and, <laughs> and, and, and that was pretty much what they did. It was just right. guard. Yeah. And obviously now we're corrections officers, Correct. and we're correcting behavior. So how do you how have you seen that that transition uh, changes in, in the daily interactions with officers and inmates?
0: Um well, it it's it, it helps them, I think the whole idea with the department is they wanted to change the image of the department and let the inmates know, as well as the staff and and the department itself, understand that we're more concerned with not just hiring officers or hiring guards or hiring people that are here to uh, correct bad behavior, but we're also here to uh, bring in professionals. You know, we are professionals now. You understand? And that's the image that we we represent is professionalism. You know, not just, uh, you know, uh, uh, writing uh, misconducts and um, throw them in a cell, lock them up, punishing them for bad behavior. But we also want to implement uh, good rapport with them and positive contact with them and and, and treat them with respect. It kind of helps them to understand that we're more focused on being more professional as opposed to just... You know, focused on just just custody and lock them up procedures and, and all of those kind of things.
2: Well, I mean, here's the reality, Chris. Uh, y- you know, and and obviously, you know, Officer Horton knows that in some circumstances, some, with some of these guys, you may be the only positive role model that they that they have exactly. seen. So we are we are exactly. modeling positive behavior, and that's so important. I, I, I love what you said. We're not here just throwing them in the cell, giving them right. tickets. We're modeling positive behavior and that is exactly. um, something we have to do and I, and I love that you said that so
1: how do you I mean it, it's good and I think what you're doing is great and we want to see more of it and I think we're starting to see more of it but of but how do you get that mindset that you have and I'm sure some of your fellow officers have and filter that throughout the rest of the ranks and the rest of the staff and not just officers but you know even those that are, that are higher than that just leading by
0: example um, director Washington kind of said it best any area of correction that you serve in we're all leaders. And the reason why we leaders, and I love this when she said this, is because our actions has the ability to impact people's lives on an everyday basis. Every day we come in there, we have the ability, our lives and our actions have the ability to have effect on these guys. So it's important that we just lead by example and we show them through our actions and the outcome of our actions that this is the better way. And I believe that once people see that. Because I don't think nobody wants to come in there and, and have a bad day, and so I just think that once we come in and and we show them um, the positive role model way, show them the the outcome of our positive impact and our positive contact, I think that will begin to kind of they'll kind of buy into it and they kind of be more believing that this is the more better way to go.
2: You took on the extra role of facilitating a group. Um, you do T for C. Correct. So first off, I, I'm kind of curious why you chose to do that. But more importantly, what if there's other officers out there who are kind of thinking about jumping in there and, 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 and you know, joining you to, to facilitate groups? What would you tell them? Why, why did you take that extra leap?
0: And, and by the way, I want to reiterate the fact that it's all volunteer for me. This yep. is like not anything I get paid extra for. Right, right. And I do it because it's a passion. You know, they say a passion is something that you, you're, willing, you're willing to do for free. And, and it's even better when you can do it and get paid for it. But when you can do it for free, my payment is intrinsic. My payment is when I see a guy go out of here and they be successful and they not come back, you know, I run into them out there and they're doing good. They have a job and they, you know, got their stuff together. And, and basically anybody that's that's involved or want to be involved, um, basically just show initiative and just ask. Because me, I just, I, I, I ask. I say, hey, man, you know, I'm interested in programming. Um, I'm interested in Uh, prisoner success. I want to see guys be successful. That's where my mindset is. That's what my passion is. That's my desire. And anything I can do to help implement change in these guys, sign me up. I'm all for it. (laughs) Because once, you know, the reality of the fact is this, you know, I come from the inner city. Okay. Most of these guys that's locked up come from the inner city. And when they leave there, they're going back to the inner city. And they're going back to the neighborhoods that I live in and I grew up in and I still go and, and I hang out and go to restaurants and stores and different things like that, do my shopping. It makes me feel good to see a guy that's been in prison that comes out and he's I run into him out there in the community and he's doing good. It would be an injustice if I spent all of this time inside and I run into a guy and I've made no positive impact in this guy's life. And now he's a guy out here with a more bitter mindset, a more Mm -hmm. bitter attitude. Now he's bitter at the department. He's bitter at the justice system. He's bitter at the community. He's bitter at anybody and probably vowed to himself that if he ever run into a CO out there that he's going to hurt one of us or anything like that. So it just makes me feel good. So that's my reward. It it just makes me feel good to see a guy go out of here and be successful knowing that he's going back into my community and I'm not putting my family in jeopardy, my family at risk by not taking advantage of an opportunity to invest something positive in a guy's life. It, It does us no good if we're taking back from the community and giving them back the same damaged product that we took from the community going to cause the, at some point the community to question what are you guys doing in there and, and they'll, have, they'll lose confidence in us and we don't want that to happen.
1: That's maybe the best answer I've ever heard. I, to, I, yeah, to, I, I to goosebumps that, I should, I should, goosebumps should, sitting here. We should probably record that in some fashion and play it for the whole world to hear. <laughs> I, right? I think we are right now Chris, we, Chris by the way. Right <laughs> <way>. <laughs> we should probably we we think about doing that. But uh, where, where does that, for, for you, where does that attitude and that thought process come from? Was that something that you've always been that positive? Or did you have, when you started in the academy, did you have an officer or somebody that took your side or and that you learned about Offender Success or what we were doing you bought into it? Where did that tra- change come from you?
0: It just come from, it's personal, really. It was personal even before. I mean, even when I got this job, I did it with the mindset of, of going in, in this environment and trying to implement change. I'm a byproduct being having negative contact uh, with the law. I was fortunate enough to not really go to prison or go to jail, but I changed. I changed my life around. The right people uh, took me under their wing uh, and, and said, hey man, you know, if you keep down this path, this is gonna be the end result. And I took advantage of my opportunities and I changed my life and I said, you know what? I wanna I want to do something more positive. I wanna make a positive impact. I wanna be a positive role model in my community. And so it became more personal for me. I believe if I can do a change, these guys can change. And the same thing that changed me is the same thing that can change them. Being around positive role models, people that believe in you and believe that if they take you under their wing and teach you what's right, that you will become a better person. And so if I believe that happened for me, I believe the same thing we can do uh, for these guys. We can do the exact same thing for them and have the exact same outcome.
2: You said um, previously that you know, you love when you, you, you go in the community and you see somebody and they're successful and they're, and they're doing well. You, you, you go to the shopping mall and you, and you see somebody there. Correct. Um, what story do you have about somebody like that, somebody who's, who's seen you in the community and said, Hey, Officer Horton, what you did for me in there, you, I, didn't, I know I didn't say it at the time, but I thank you. Or somebody in the facility that says, you know what, I'm going through this class with you, and what you're doing is making a difference. Do you, do you have a story that you can share?
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. I I actually have a couple stories uh, where I actually honestly really did run into a couple guys on a positive note. And uh, I was very fortunate, and 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 I'm I'm appreciative of how I've carried myself uh, with professionalism and consistency. And I'm appreciative when other guys who have been under my custody get released, and I can run into them, and they can let me know how much they appreciate it. I was literally one time I was in Walmart. Walmart one day and I just seen two guys walking and one guy looked at me and he just kept looking at me and I'm looking at him look at me and I'm like, okay, this guy, do he know me or something? He tapped his, his friend that's with him and he points at me and I said, oh boy, this don't look like it's gonna be good. You know what I mean? To my surprise, the guy came over there to me and he said, uh, hey man, uh, Horton, do you, you remember me? to work in the hole. You know, I work in, segre- in, in segregation a lot. He said, man, you work in the hole, didn't you? I said, yeah. He said, man, you, Come here, man. I need, can I, can I give you shake your hand? Can I give you a hug? I said, absolutely, man. He said, yeah, I was just telling my friend, man, you the you're the best CO I ever met in my life, man. He said, You, you know, you was really cool, man. You was the coolest CO I ever met, man. He said, I just want you to know I appreciate it, man. He said, I got out, man. He said, I'm working, I got a job, man. I'm doing this. I, you know, I got, you know, just got married. You know, I just had a child. He said, I just bought my new uh, new house, a new car, man. He said, I'm doing good, man. He said, I just want you to know I appreciate you, man. And I, and I thank you. For just all the, you know, the positive things you should share because even when I work, you know, a lot of times I, I use working in segregation as an opportunity because I have the undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times I'll just kind of, you know, share some words of wisdom and and, and, and maybe some some uh, positive wise counsel and, and, and some good advice for those guys so when they get out that they can, you know, kind of go out there and be successful. And uh, this guy actually took it to heart.
2: What you're doing in facilitating these groups is teaching people how to do exactly what you just said, exactly. and think differently about their their, their what actions. they're doing and their actions, exactly. their consequences. But exactly. I do want to take a I do want to back up just real quick what sure. you said. You know, you said I don't I don't I didn't know this guy until you know he said who he was. I didn't yeah. know the guy. Um, it, it makes a point that an officer may not have any idea the impact they're having because Absolutely. somebody in the inside doesn't say, "Hey, you're having an impact on me." Exactly. But it does,
0: exactly. And
2: they may not know it until they see somebody at Walmart exactly. or they see somebody at, at a red light. Exactly, um, they're, they're, they're having an impact every single day exactly. by the way that they are um, impacting, you know, the offender population. So, absolutely, I, I want to make a point on that because that you may not have known that. That's right. But that's a very good they are point. making an impact, absolutely. and they just may not know it yet. So that's right. Um, yeah. g- great stories, man. I I know how Chris loves stories, so uh, <laughs> those are those are great stories. Apparently
1: somebody with a good story. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, being Greg, sure. Greg never has good stories.
2: <clears throat> well, Genero, you know, I, ca- I can't uh, I can't thank you enough for taking time to come on Field Days and kind of share not only what you do, but uh, you know your your story of, of you and and how this job affects you absolutely and it sounds like it affects you in such a positive way you have such a passion for absolutely for helping people absolutely and and i can't i can't thank you enough because um i i I love saying it what what you do matters it really has an impact on somebody that's right and we appreciate it so thank you for what you do every single day in this department and thank you for coming on field days we appreciate you uh sharing your story absolutely it's my honor and my privilege Uh,
0: Once again, I want to thank uh, Director Hadi Washington um, and her efforts in in leading the department down the road of rehabilitation and doing everything she can to implement these programs into the department and allowing us as officers to play a part because we we play a big part when it comes to negative contact. We're the first responders when it comes to negative contact. Um, It's just a good thing to be the first responders when it comes to the positive contact as well. And and I just want to encourage all the officers to get involved in in programming um, and do everything you can in in your own uh, power and opportunities that are made available. Take advantage of them and be a part of the solution. And you have to always remember when you're dealing with inmates, just remember this one thing. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can sit there and tell them about change and all these things all day long, but if they know or feel that you don't believe that they can change, you don't believe that they'll go out here and be successful, If they feel as though you don't really care, they're not going to listen to anything you got to say. Anything you got to say, you're going to lose them. So the three things you live by, firm, fair, and consistent every day. Well done. Very good. Thank you so much. My pleasure.
1: All right. As always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections
2: and on Twitter at MichiganDOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOCFOA and the CFA account at MDOCCFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.